Hello, and thank you for tuning into the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Moses. Hello! Sam and I have not podcast in probably six weeks. Holiday break. And so if we seem a little rusty, it's because we are. <laughs> and I'll tell you, for all of you people who just started doing podcasts, um, I was talking with Josh Frost at Vintage King, and he says some of his best selling stuff is podcasting gear. Wow. So I know a lot of y'all are starting some stuff up. <laughs> um so y'all need to work on a little bit of uh, margin. Sam and I haven't podcasted six weeks, and uh, I think we're good. At, we're I think our schedule is good until actually about a month out. This we're recording on February tenth. It'll be good until uh, March tenth. Yes. So yeah, work on that margin. Margin is so you good. can have a long lasting podcast. Yep. I don't know how y'all who do it every week do it. So God anywho, bless ya. Yeah. Today, today's podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I feel like there should be like like rain and then like thunder rolling in and you've been doing really well on this like effect in post. Thank you. I don't know. Like I I heard the one the the bass one. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that one that one was pretty good. And uh, that was I, one that released today, the Pet Peeves episode. Do it for my own amusement, honestly. It's pretty great. So today the wind is rolling in. <laughs> the rain is starting to get a little heavier. Mm-hmm. The thunder is starting to Strike, clap, whatever clap. it does. We're talking about the freaking Lynx Hilo today. The freaking Lynx Hilo, bro. <laughs> it's not like a washed up guy in a bar. <laughs> kind of, you know, a little parallel, I suppose. Anywho, Sam loves it. Mm-hmm. I, as Sam would describe, have a love-hate relationship with it. And most of you know which cold. way that leans more heavily towards. Mm-hmm. Um, but... A lot of people who have it really, really love it. Yes. And so uh, I've had, I kind of had this like ongoing list of podcast topics and I'm like on like like two and a half, three pages right now. And one of the more recent ones I wrote down was a Lynx Hilo episode. Yup. Because it kind of deserves its own episode. And so we'll kind of see where this goes. But before we start. Housekeeping. We got a little bit of housekeeping for you. Sam, Matt, tell the people what they've won. Well, my friends, today you've won the honor of subscribing, liking, commenting, and sharing the Attack and Release Show. Can we have like an audible like clap there? Like an infomercial clap? Yeah, stop with all the sound effects. You're adding them and I'm going to have to do all this in post. Dude, it's just going to be the intro. (laughs) I know. And then anything I say in the rest of the episode. I'll do it. Uh, yeah, housekeeping, please, my dearest friends. Uh, Matt and I have been doing this. This is year four, if you can believe it. If you still listen to us, God bless your soul. Um, we have realized that we rarely ask for people to like, subscribe, and share the uh, podcast. And it is actually very important for the algorithms uh, for other people to hear this podcast that you do that. So we ask you to take 30 seconds of your life. We've given you 80 plus hours. We're asking for 30 seconds in return. This will be episode 87, I believe. 87. Take 30 seconds. Go hard it. uh, Star it on iTunes. Leave a comment is really effective. And really the main thing, the most important thing that we care about really is that you just share it with one other person because that's yes, the please. snowball effect and that's really powerful 
over a long period of time. And it's more valuable to me than some stars on iTunes personally. So if you've never done that before, I want you to pause the episode right now and go do that. Then return. That'd be great. If not, wait till the end or do it tomorrow. Whatever. But please do it. And I think that's all the housekeeping for me, Matt. Nice. No, I'm, I'm Did I'm we good. do it? Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I think we're good. Awesome. So, Link's Hilo. Matt, I'm teeing you up. Let's talk about it. What is it? Some people it's might probably, not know what it is. It's probably like the best way to start this. Yeah. What because is it? I did my research and I was stupid impressed with it. <laughs> and then <clears throat> I got one and I told you about it. Mm-hmm. And then you and then you got one. And I was impressed. And then your mind was blown. And so let's do a little rewind. I I could tell you to do some rewind post stuff here, but I, I won't. And <laughs> I'll just do it with a mouth now, knock that out. There you go. Or you could just make me sound like a complete idiot and just not do any post effects <laughs> for any of the time I ask for Come it. Come on, strike. So yeah, there you go. Okay. So, better he- wages. Low. <laughs> okay. So links helo. Um I can't remember the year that I bought it. I could probably go back on Instagram and find out. Um, uh, yeah. But I remember when... I remember seeing that like it had originally come out like 2010, 2011, 12, like, like that that whole era. Mm-hmm. And they're like still like, like... It was like 2015, 2016. And I was kind of like... No, was it earlier than that? No, I think it was 2015. And I was kind of like, okay, I think I want to get out of the box kind of thing. And it's like that whole thing, like when you first get out of the box and you're like looking at all this like fancy gear and you're like, ah, crap, I need a converter. I can't just buy this gear and hook up my (laughs) my computer to it. And no, you got to buy a converter. So I was looking, 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 and the Antelope Pier 2 was pretty big. Um, I think Apogee had something that I was interested in. Uh, I saw the Hilo, and there may have been one other thing that I had been looking at. I can't remember. But I think the two big players were the Hilo and the Antelope Pier 2. And I just kind of liked the functionality of the Hilo and stuff like that. And then the one thing that really impressed me overall was that besides a firmware update, which had happened the previous January... This is the uh, this is the summer, I believe, of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, besides a massive firmware update, nothing else had changed. They were still making the same box. I mean, it's like yeah, it's like okay, we'll give you like a like instead of a FireWire, we'll give you a Thunderbolt card and stuff like that. And besides like little tiny ancillary things like that changing, not a lot really changed. And I was like, man, this is like five six years later. And it's like, how many technology companies are still really like crushing it with the same piece of gear that's like heavily software based uh, five or six years later? Like normally you're, it's, it's a touch antiquated by then and you're going to have like them bring out something else. Well, they're still pushing it as a company brand new and they're keeping all of the ports in the back all up, up to date and up to speed with what's going on and I don't know, for some reason that really impressed me. So <clears throat> I decided to hop on that train and I picked up a used one on Reverb for 1500 bucks, a Thunderbolt one. 
And even to this day, I've never seen a Thunderbolt 1 sell for under $1,500. So Mm -hmm. I would still consider that a uh, net win. Like normally you see these things used still going for like two grand. Yep. The USB ones I've seen for like pretty low, uh, not pretty low, but like right around where I bought them and they can still be around 2000 But I was like, okay, so Thunderbolt, like definitely the connectivity I want to have. And yeah, like price was definitely right. So did all that, uh, made a deal, got it in. I was absolutely blown away uh, by it and I had to tell Sam about it. And then I think <laughs> it was a month later that you hopped on. Yes. Was it? Yeah, it was very shortly after. What did you think of it when you got it? I mean, when I got it, I was at the time using, and I still have it because I think it's great for recording and whatnot, um, the Focusrite, excuse me, the Focusrite Claret Pre uh, Pro X or whatever it was. Um, and I had used different converters in different studios, um, that I was mastering at, uh, one of them, one of the ones I was kind of like shadowing at, we used Burl converters. Um, I've used Aurora, which is kind of like a standard thing that a lot of people use. I've used Larvae. And the one thing I noticed with converters usually in general is that they all do have a sound, um, and which is fine. And I had been wanting, well, I mean, you sold it to me, Matt, but I mean, I have always wanted to have a very clean and I'll call sterile converter that lets me just hear what's going on and nothing else. I just want it to represent the audio that's actually there. And the first time I got it uh, up and running and I was actually A-Bing it uh, between the Folksrite and the uh, Hilo with some of the records I've done and records I also like. Um, and I noticed a massive difference, honestly. Um, just in AB between the two, um, the Hilo is more open, in my opinion. It has a better image. It is more clean and clear. You can push it uh, louder if you need to, and it doesn't sound like it's struggling. Um it just has this very neutral, sterile sound, which I think is a compliment for converters usually. And I remember right before I bought it, I was online on the cursed, blessed gear sluts forums. And <laughs> love that's my love-hate relationship. Um, and there's just, you know, you go on those and there's just so much... People just, it's all opinion, you know, they love it, they hate it. But something that people kept saying about the Hilo sometimes was that it felt very sterile and almost like not, like there wasn't enough bass or whatnot representation. And when I got it, I felt like, actually, I think this is like super accurate and it's actually just not a hyped sound at all. It's super flat, Mm -hmm. super transparent, super clear. And I think some people are not used to that. And so when you, to me, one of the most life-changing moments was when I finally got into a really, it was when I was in um, my buddy Michael Hughes's Carl Tatt's room, um, which Carl Tatt's is like a legend of setting up rooms. And uh, I remember he had like a reference disc from Carl Tatt's and it was one of the songs, which is pretty awesome, is uh, No Doubt, Hella Good, I think. Um, 
and Spike mixed it. And I remember hearing it and hearing this whole, like, there's 12 songs on his disc or on the CD that he uses to kind of, like, quote-unquote, make sure the room sounds correct. He also uses his own system to dial in the room. But I just remember hearing every song and being like, these are actually very flat. Like, I used to think or used to work in rooms that had low and build up or whatever, or too much top in or phasiness. And I then would assume records sound beefier. A lot of people think records sound really heavy in like a 100 hertz punch area because they work in small rooms and that's a trouble spot. And records aren't that way usually. Um, and so I just remember starting to work with the Hilo and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm finally just hearing what was sent to me and that's all and nothing else. So my first impression was very impressive. Um, and I immediately was like, this is a game changer because not just in the A-B thing, but I've talked about it a little bit before of, you know, when we're just A-Bing things, we're a lot of people are talking about splitting hairs a lot. But when you're in reality, like in working on projects from the start, even at mastering, or especially if you're producing and mixing, you're making thousands of choices. So if you're hearing those things inaccurately, even 1% or 2% difference, say that a cheaper converter, the one I had before, was at a 98%, and this is 100% you know, percent quality, that 1% or 2% over hundreds of choices really adds up, in my opinion. And I've experienced that firsthand now using the Hilo for a few years. Um, that I am just way more confident with it, um, knowing that it's representing what the client sent me. Um, it feels just untouched. And so that to me is my first impression of it. I was, I was floored, honestly, with the stereo image. I was floored with um, the way it represented everything. And I just was like, I'm a believer now in converters. I feel like I'm finally seeing in 2020, basically, was my first impression. And that was exciting. So that's that was my first impression. So <clears throat> my second point yes. is why the Hilo is awesome. <laughs> Which you pretty much hopped right on. Yeah. Well, you can talk um, about why you like it or love hate it. <laughs> so in the beginning um like in the headphone pre and it still blows me away. And it's like since then um <clears throat> I have gone and I've found like better headphone pre's and stuff like that that are like, well, I'll just, I'll just call it like, no, I don't want to call it a DAC because it kind of insinuates some other stuff. Um, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll just call it a headphone pre. And um, since then, I've found the Little Labs monitor to be absolutely life changing. The thing is so dang responsive. Yeah. That I set my headphone, or I set my phone on it when I was uh, building a session one time, just like a DDP, um, and I was like, "Man, what is like, what is that like beeping or whatever it is?" And it, I, it like finally dawned on me, this is the freaking Wi-Fi in my phone chirping, <laughs> and this little labs monitor is picking it up. It was like it was the most insane thing. Yeah. So, I, uh, yeah. So that that it has since surpassed the Helos pre, but it's like as far as like revealing stuff, as far as like showing me what I need to see and uh, doing what I need to do via headphones in a session, um, 
it was it was definitely one of the most impressive things. Um, the clarity and how sterile everything was. I actually I, I really enjoyed it. And like the headphones that I use, headphones that I have on now, it's the the we'll call it the OG, the the Barodynamics DT seven seventies. And it's like every studio either knows about them or either has them. And it's they're just kind of like really well renowned. They isolate pretty well, um, not not like fully like isolating things off. I'm sure you can probably hear me talking through my headphones in a little bit of a delay or something like that. Maybe when I don't know. So uh, through my mic, but uh, they're like if you look at reviews of them, kind of like what Sam was saying is that oh well, it's kind of sterile. There's not a lot of bass response and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I want, and it's the thing I don't understand about the hi-fi community is like you buy all this gear to make stuff sound incredible and to reveal things and reveals a really big word right. and to like do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, why would you want to hype something up? Why would you want to make the music be anything more than what the music is? If the ba- if the low, if there's not a lot of low end, well, I don't want like my teeth to be freaking jingling around in my mouth. <laughs> and it's either. like, if that's not actually in the song, and it's like I, it's like I ride around in my car. It's like, well, the EQ's flat, and like one of the things of like if someone comes back with a revision, hey, it didn't sound right in my car. One of the first things I say is, well, how's the EQ set in your car? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I got this up or this down or this is like, no, that should be flat. And you need to learn your car like that, right? Because the way that you're listening to it is kind of like hyped, and you're always going to have that hyped thing, right? So your car is the, at that point, it may no longer be a valid reference point. Um, it might be, as some might argue, but to me, I don't really see it as such. Yeah, um, that's one of those to each to each your own. Um, but I don't understand why you'd want to hype music up more than it is. Right. So, and to me, the Hilo does not hype music. It's um, I wouldn't say it's boring, but I would say it's just very like this is what you got, right? And this is what you got to work with. Um, and to me, that was that was very appealing. Okay, so more on to why the Hilo is awesome. And this is, this is, this is hard. This is hard for me. Uh, <laughs> because I, I have a love-hate relationship with it. Um, the digital to analog converter, to me, is pretty solid. The headphone out, as I said, is pretty darn good. You have like sample rates that you can choose for days. Um Let's see, you can pretty much trim it to any other converter, Mm -hmm. which is nice and kind of play with the headroom. I did that for a while and then it kind of it got kind of old because it's like, okay, well now I'm sending out, but what I'm sending out is now like my meters are all screwed up because I retrimmed this and stuff like that. And so I ended up like like redoing all of that stuff. You have like all these different presets you can set stuff as. I just have my like my main scene is called Party on Wayne. And, um, and then, like, Will Borza and I, you probably know him from uh, YouTube, uh, he was talking about setting different scenes as different output levels and stuff like that. And so I was trying that, and that was interesting. The one thing I will say against that, if you do do that and pursue that route, is sometimes it will get confused on, at least mine does, on which scene to default to. So, Lynn, like, when I used to do that, before I deleted it... Um, 
uh, it would like, I'd be like, man, why can't I get this thing like the level that I, like I know I'm doing what I need to do. And then I'd look at the scene and the scene would say like something besides Party on Wayne, which I was expecting it to be. And I was on Party on Wayne when I had turned it off last, but it turned on and set to like Hilo 24 or Hilo 0 or Hilo, mm-hmm. Hilo 18. And so like my headroom got all screwed up. And so I got all ticked off and I had to delete all that stuff. But if you want to play with that and with anything with headroom, because that was one of my big issues with the Hilo, it's a great thing. Um, so here's where the Hilo gets really awesome. And it's it's also its biggest downfall to me. It solves, <laughs> and I've said this in, in God knows how many other podcasts where I have to do a podcast on the Hilo. It solves so many dang problems for you. So you have your Thunderbolt or whatever IO interface from your computer to your essentially your analog rack. You can monitor with just like like not through any of the gear, you can monitor just your your monitoring chain. You can accept anything as a monitoring input. The routing is infinite. If you want to just monitor the headphones without doing anything through your gear, you can do that. You have an AES out you can do that with. And and you can like monitor your line out just like anything you want to do without actually like you know doing like like recording anything doing like it, it's it's fantastic um you have like your your tones for calibration like i said you have like all these scenes you can save you have settings for days on this thing um and then as far as like your displays you have your rta if you have a vu i think the vu is kind of worthless for how loud i'm doing stuff um the horizontal little bar graph and you can see all your io as well then as far as your outboard io you can coordinate any type of like IO scenario with this thing and be successful. Mm-hmm. You have stereo monitoring as well. You have mono monitoring. You can like you have a dim switch. You have like mutes and solos and all this other stuff. And it is like literally like infiniteless. Um, so that is also its downfall. But I'll. Uh, I'll get into that later because it's a good downfall, but it's a complete and utter pain in the ass. <laughs> um, so, do you have anything else about why you think the Hilo is awesome, Sam? Like, and how you use it. Also, yeah. I thought always thought it was super interesting that you used a Focusrite uh, Claret. It's like the big red box, like the 2U box. Yeah. I was always like, like when you and I were first chatting, I was always very surprised you did that. But it's kind of, one, a testament to Focusrite and to a testament to like what you can kind of do with like modern day conversion. And we'll yeah. as we were talking about earlier today, you and I will we will do an episode on yeah. conversion. So Yeah, I mean I but do, things about how it's awesome. I mean, I think you touched on a lot of it. I think the headphone part of the Hilo is pretty freaking sweet. Um it'll beat the pants off almost anything outside of maybe like what you're talking about with the little labs. Um, I mean, I think the routing... This, uh, next Christmas, I'll get you a little labs thing. There you go. Perfect. And you'll be like, holy shit. I think the routing on it is awesome once you figure it out. Um, I will say what was awesome is when I first got it, I had trouble figuring out the routing um, because there's so many options. And I actually called links up and they literally for like 45 minutes on the phone walked me through how to set it up exactly how I wanted it to. Hmm. And that was incredible to me. And it wasn't like a bull crap like customer service. It was like some guy who knew the Hilo, Hilo, <laughs> the Hilo, 
And he <laughs> was like, how do you want it to route? What do you want to do? And I just told him, and he was like, all right, push this button, and then you need it to do go here, and then here, and there, and then you could set this up as an alternate scene for when you want to do that. And that, to me, was huge. Like, there's nothing worse than getting a piece of gear or technology and you like try to even follow the directions because I like read the manual and it still just wasn't quite functioning how I wanted it to mainly because it offers so many things. Um, and I didn't realize all the possibilities, but that to me is pretty awesome. And Lynx has always been a great company. I think with that, um, I think one of the coolest things is it has like di- digital expansion up to 32 by 32, which is pretty sweet. Mm. So it's a two and six out, but you can do up to 32. So, you know, in the future, if I want a console or something like that or other things, you know, you can do 32, 32. Uh, I think the idea, I mean, you've touched on it a bit. They like really believe in the Hilo so much because they've kept it going in the software updates and they, basically future-proofed it by allowing Thunderbolt and Dante cards. That is pretty freaking sweet. Um, I love the touchscreen, honestly. It's great. And then they have the app with it, too, which saves my scenes. Um, And then the metering is actually really great if you need it. Um, I don't use it a ton, but it's very accurate, I found, when I was testing it. So, Y'all, so get this. Sam does not... Sam mounts his Hilo... And the bottom rack of his Sterling desk, and he only uses the app to control it. Right. <laughs> that blew my mind. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, I'm a mind blower, blower of minds. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I think I mean to me the wow factor is it's just so dang transparent. And until you experience it, I mean, I just had my buddy uh, Matt Huber, who's an incredible mixer. Um, he just moved to an he, a Hilo from, um, I think he had, uh, if he's listening, I'm going to mess it up, either an antelope or something. He had something pretty solid, and um, he bought the Hilo and has just been blown huh. away by it and absolutely adores it and swears that it's just leaps and bounds beyond what he had. Um, and so... I mean, I think I've sold probably a dozen helos in the last three years as well. <laughs> Same. Um, just because it is a freaking workhorse and a lot of people experience this wow moment. Um, and once again, Matt and I are not sponsored by Lynx. They don't even know we're doing this and may never know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that to me is probably the, the selling points to me or why it's so amazing um, are those things. So that's kind of all I have with that. So let's move on to your um, your downfall section. <laughs> I always find it interesting that people who are not mastering use it as well. Yeah. Especially since it's just like a two-channel. Right. Well, I mean, like you can ex- expand it right. and stuff like that. But right. yeah, I, I always find it pretty interesting. And it's like, as far as like just monitoring or whatever goes, like... <clears throat> you can use it for so dang much right. that it's like you can be completely in the box. Yep. And it's like, yo, just get a Hilo to manage your monitoring. Yes. As opposed to using like an Apollo or something like that. It's right. like it's like like the clarity that it does bring is kind of life changing. Um I agree. So but and like I was saying, kind of also to me is a little bit of a downfall. So here's 
Here's like the downside to the Hilo. Whoa, I had a burp. Sorry. <clears throat> so, excuse me. I just because burped. it's so, <laughs> I'm a trendsetter. Because it's so <laughs> awesome at what it does, when you need to move away from it, you need to cover your bases from, you need to get either some type of PCI card to manage your Thunderbolt kind of like connectivity to a computer. You need to get a monitor controller. If you're routing AES to it, then you got to get some type of like thing that'll kind of branch that out for you, which your Thunderbolt PCI, whatever card might offer. Um, but if you're running a bunch of digital gear, it might not have enough IO. So you just got to, yeah, you know. Then you have to do your DA, you have to do an AD, you have to do a headphone thing, you got to cover your, uh, I might have already said monitoring, I might have not. And then however you want to like preview a chain around all of that, it like, it ties your hands if you ever want to get out of it because it did everything so well and so seamlessly that it's like, I need to have my bases covered to X nth degree in order to ever be happy without it. <laughs> so, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> anyway, um, so kind of like my falling out of love with the Hilo, um, I was kind of getting like a little bit of like crunchy distortion and I couldn't really figure out what it was. And I, like the first thing that I always thought of was that it was like just a piece of like, just like a regular piece of outboard gear, which I don't think is anything like absurd to think about. And it's like sometimes if you push the Neve too hot, which I do, um, <laughs> that can get a little gassy, but it gets gassy in like a certain frequency range. So I normally know when it's the Neve. And then I thought it was a mass lick, the MPL2. And I was like, eh, if I kind of adjust this, it kind of goes away. Um, and so I thought that was it, but I was like, dude, this thing's used on freaking techno. I was like, there's no way. Cause like this whole, like, uh, from what I understand, this whole like limiter section of it, uh, it's like the hard and the soft settings and stuff like that. It's like freaking used like to get a little bit of extra oomph out of like techno music. And I was like, I don't, like, I'd be surprised. Like the levels that these guys are printing at, I'd be shocked. And so mentally, I kind of like got that out of my head. I'm trying to think of what I had when I first discovered this issue. And for and I I think what made what made it dawn on me was I was doing some really, really dynamic stuff, like pretty darn low level. Like I was printing at like like if it was like piano music. And so I was printing at like minus 10, minus nine with like, I don't know, maybe two or three peaks hit a red light. And as soon as that peak hit a red light, it obviously would clip the AD of the Hilo. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And it would just have this like little like, <laughs> and it's like, you got to be effing kidding me. It's been this thing the whole time. I never thought it was it. And uh, I tried everything to remedy it, trying varying the headroom, trying like varying my gain staging. I had like a midlife crisis at 30. Um, I was pulling hair out left and right. I was doing this whole thing where it's like for a while, I would just be like, you know what? Let this thing be as crazy as it wants and I'll just RX all that junk out. 
And that made sessions take a lot longer than it needed to. And I was like, I got to send this thing in. So I contact links. I'm like, yo, can I get like just a burner unit just to like slap in here? Cause like y'all are my main AD and monitor controller. Could I, if y'all just have like a demo unit sitting around, what I call it, a burner unit? Yeah. It's burner, like a burner phone. A burner phone. Like, like a, yeah, like something you pick up from Walmart, <laughs> like throw solid drugs. Some, something you can like throw out of the window, like into a lake. It's <laughs> like the cops are following you. Mm. Can I get a burner helo? Um, and so they sent one, and then I sent mine in their box to them, and they were looking at it, and uh, they couldn't find anything wrong with it. I told them about the AD and everything. They're like, "No, it looks good to us." <clears throat> and I don't know. And. Yeah, I was just kind of like pissy about it. And theirs did handle stuff a little bit better than mine did. And uh, I was actually thinking, I was like, what if I just put mine back in the box to return <laughs> it instead of theirs? I was like, no, we're not doing that, Matt. So, um, yeah, I just kind of like quickly fell out of love with it. And then this past year in 2020, I went through a... I think I've said in a few like past episodes that I've gone through a handful of other converters. Mm-hmm. I did a uh, I had a Lavery Gold for a while. I tried out a uh, Dangerous Convert AD Plus. I tried out a Burl, um, not the AD. I tried out the DA. Um, I still want to try a an AD. Um, it's like I, I get like a lot of people who come to me who are like. I want that Chris Stapleton sound. I want all this. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, that's it. Right. And so it's like <laughs> silk blue on the Neve and run it through the AD and, they, <laughs> and there you go. So uh, nice and thick and warm and I don't know, peaking at like minus 8.5. <laughs> so um, I love Chris Stapleton. I have a ton of his records at home, so I'm a big fan. But uh, so I tried the Burl deck. And then I got the Crane Song head and the head Quantum. And I kind of fell in love with it as soon as I plugged it in and used the master clock and everything, kind of unlike what I had done with the other ones. And so that's kind of where I've landed. So I kind of have the Hilo and the Crane Song. And we'll do another episode on just converters and conversion and I don't know, all that goodness. But... um the Quantum kind of solved my issue, and I'm sure the 192 and the... I don't know what was before the 192 with the Crane Song, but um, it kind of solved my issue. And it's kind of funny because at first it passes... Like if the little DSP settings on the Quantum are out, then it'll pass on any peaks to the Hilo. And I was like, what? This isn't catching the peaks? What kind of... <laughs> Bull crap, A D D A, whatever. Yeah, what is this? And uh, then I kind of like read the manual more. Didn't really tell me how to fix it. And then I fiddled with it, and I was like, oh, if I put the DSP in, and then I just like slightly dial in one of these little DSP settings, all of a sudden this uh, this head quantum just kind of p- picks all the peaks. And so I still use the A D on the Hilo every now and then because. The AD Hilo is a little bit more slappy than the Heads <clears throat> AD is, but um, my guess is because there's a little bit of clipping there that's mm. happening. So um, that's kind of where I've landed, and I'm not going to get too much into the Crane song, but that's kind of what made me fall out of love with the Hilo. And 
Um, candidly, every time I switch between the way I have it routed now, it's kind of unfair. Um, so the Hilo manages everything, um, and all the routing and all the whatever. And then if I want to send AES out to the crane song for the DA, I can do that. And then that'll send out to my rack. And then all the AD is the crane song um, back to my Hilo. So AES. So it's AES both ways. Um, so the, the, the DA is really the only thing that I can really audition. And I'll tell you, if the Solaris, like that little, that, that DA that Crane Song has, if that's the same DA that's in this head quantum, mm-hmm. holy crap, y'all need to buy it. Just like the DA alone is mind-blowing. Um, and the AD is just really nice. I heard he was going to come out with, like several years ago, I heard he was going to, uh, Dave Hill was going to come out with an AD, but that never happened. So, oh well, I don't know. Um, I hope he still does because it's a really killer AD if anyone is in the market. And I got tired of waiting. I was kind of waiting for that. So that's kind of that's kind of where I am with my whole chain. I, I don't think this question is necessarily for you, Sam. Like, what don't you care for? But is there anything you don't care for about it? I mean, I just have to rebuttal on some level. Because Dude, please. your whole issue with the Hilo is you wanted to like basically smack the shit out of it. Smack, yeah, smack the shit out of it. And then when it would distort, I'm a engineer. he'd be like, why is it distorting? It's because you're clipping the dang <laughs> thing. Like, for those listening, <laughs> Matt's points are valid on some level if you're trying to clip, but I run it just below it. And it's clean as a whistle, and I clip with other gear that's really made for clipping. So I just want to make sure people that hear this uh, don't think the Hilo has like low headroom or something. No, it doesn't. Um, so that's my. But I have gotten into weird low headroom problems with it. See, but yeah, I just are, don't are know. you hitting a? Are you hitting any type of limiting? Like not the whole you come in and you hit your limiter, but before you go back to the helo, are you normally hitting a limiter? Yeah, I so I go out of the box. All of your peaks are taken right. Yeah, all of your peaks that you've done in the analog realm are caught by something else before it hits the helo. Yeah, absolutely. So your issue is completely circumvented. Correct. Or my issue, right. Is completely circumvented by what you do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not so, trying to use the helo as a limiter or something, you know. Well, I am. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the things I don't like about it, I don't have any, honestly. I don't, I mean, I've been using it for a few years now, heavily, every day, hours. I mean, the thing's a workhorse. It never crashes mm-hmm. or anything. Yes. And it sounds terrific. And there's nothing I am currently searching for in a different converter outside of I'm open to now. I've been playing with the idea of buying other converters just for different sounds because they all sound differently. Um, But just like gear does. But I feel like if you've never experienced, I'll say, a higher-end converter, a Hilo is a great place to start just to experience it. Um what it's like to go from an Apollo to that or, 
you know, even the focus right to that. Um, obviously, there's a cost increase, and you may feel like, why am I paying this much for just like two channels? But it's, I think it's worth it. Um, I wish I would have done it sooner, and I wish I would have understood converters better, which will be in our converter episode. Um, but yeah, things I don't. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Uh, things I don't like about it or whatever. I don't think I really have any. I I love it. I think it's great. You know, I think. Well, maybe the only thing would be like there should be some more in depth like videos on how to hook it up and routing, or the manual is a bit more in depth or something. But you know, I was able to talk with links and they solved it real time with me, so that was really nice. So I think that's about it. I mean. If anybody has any more questions, you can DM me or Matt, of course, about it. Um, the one thing I want to encourage people to is this has come up a lot, and this is not even like a tangent, but just something for people to think about is like you can buy gear and A, return it to most places if you don't like it, mm-hmm. um, and B, you can buy gear used and resell it, and these sorts of things hold their value so well, as Matt had mentioned. Um, you're not probably going to lose money. So... A lot of people get really caught up in like, oh my gosh, it's $2,000 and I only have one chance to buy something for $2,000 and my money's gone. What if I pick the wrong converter? You got to think of it as much larger, like you can just return it. Like if you buy it new from a audio place, audio places are used to returns. They know people buy things, try it out and go, this doesn't fit. And they're usually pretty chill about it. Or if you buy it used, you just buy it. And you resell it for what it is usually. Or you can make money. I've made money on two of the things I've sold before when I buy low and sell high. Um, so I would encourage people out there, if you're scared, it's it's kind of valid or like which converter do I pick because there's hundreds, but don't be afraid to like start with the Hilo or the Burl or Head or whatever if you feel like you want to dip your toes into the pool of conversion. <laughs> uh, do it. Don't be scared. You know, you owe it. I always tell people, like, with when we're talking about gear and converters and upgrading, I view it more so now at this stage. You owe it to yourself to respect yourself and give yourself a chance to experience audio and also experience your potential of what you can actually create um, by using professional tools. And that was a big life-changing moment for me when I started acquiring gear that was really, I'll say, professional and converters and room and all that. And this isn't the debate of can you make great records in a bedroom with nothing or blah, blah, blah. This is like a day-to-day, let's have a reality conversation. You owe it to yourself to invest into yourself and into converters and gear to see what you can then actually create when you're hearing accurately. Most people, when they finally hear accurately, have like an aha moment. Their business gets better. The time it takes for them to do the work goes in half. They can charge more because the work's better. Like I've seen it happen over and over again with people in town. I'm the same way. Like, so that's a side tangent. I won't go down too far, but go buy a Lynx Hilo, everybody, and see how it sounds. And let us know. And that's so, all. <laughs> so, and not a rebuttal at all. And, <laughs> Kind of tagging on to what you said, um, and it—it's like take whatever like stance you want with it and whatnot. It's like, am I using it wrong? It's like no. It's like I know these things are built to take some heat, right? And I know converters are built to take more heat than what I'm dishing them. Um, but 
I do smack the absolute crap out of them. So that aside, um, <clears throat> I do not think that you could go wrong if you bought a Hilo. If you're on the fence at all, 110%, go and buy one, buy one freaking new. It's going to sound great. And I think the customer service guy, it's got to be one guy because everybody I've ever read anything on, they get one guy and he's a freaking boss and I don't know if he's the freaking boss, but he's a boss and he is just fantastic with helping you with your problems. Like he was on the phone with me for like way past when he was closed, I believe, and just trying to help me like suss out an issue. And so I'm... I've been super happy with like with links and just everything that they've been everything that they've been doing. So I do not think that you could go wrong by purchasing a Hilo. Um so in fact I recommend buying a Hilo. Um so and if you want any other anecdote, I've also realized a lot in 2020, instead of saying anecdote, I was saying antidote, and I don't know why. But it's just kind of like you ever like have like a weird instance where like you just for some reason your mouth just can't make the word that you know your brain's trying to say. <laughs> I was saying antidote, but antidote. I meant anecdote. So if you hear that in any old episodes, I I don't know. I was having a I was having some old, an old people moment. <laughs> um, so my personal anecdote with the Hilo might be varying from Sam's, but there is an old adage of watching what somebody does as opposed to uh, like what they say. So <clears throat> while I say that I am not a Hilo fan and while I say I will eventually get away from the Hilo, um, I will also say that I will, like given financial circumstances hold as they do, um, I will never sell my Hilo. Um, so take that as as you will. <laughs> it won't always have a permanent spot in my rack. I might. I'm I'm wanting to make a little uh, like workshop over behind my my room that uses a studio, and that could always be in there for testing. And it's like it is. It's like if you ever like wanted to control a hi-fi rig, if you ever wanted to do anything not like pro audio related, this thing can still do it and change your life. So if you needed to ever like demo some stuff, if you ever needed just like a portable rig, it's like even the little stupid plate that they have that this thing mounts to, you can totally get two helos and it's fitted with holes to mount two helos to it. So um, regardless of what happens, I'm probably never going to sell mine. And I'd probably have insane buyer's remorse if I sell it, even though I'm just... Like my only like snarling complaint is I don't like the AD, and as Sam said, it's raw because you're using it wrong. So that's probably raw. Raw, raw. You got anything else, Bud? I'm done. Cool. So creeping up from the nethers, nethers of the podcast <laughs> is a sweet beat curated by the one and only Beezabeats.com. Boom. I bet it sounds legit. <laughs> I was actually going through Beza Beats today on the your website with like your little Bulls jersey. Oh yeah, it's pretty solid. If y'all need a sweet beat for you know whatever you got going on in life, it's my coffee. Uh, if you want a podcast intro, outro, whatever, this will be the eighty seventh intro and outro that Sam has made. I believe this will be eighty seven. 
Um, yeah, ring them up. Um, we never promo ourselves. So if you need it, if I know there's plenty of people here that are not mastering engineers. So if you would like a mastering engineer, Sam can be found at MosesMastering.com and I can be found at ForTheRecordMastering.com and or like same like Instagram handles, kind of like same thing, Moses Mastering and at ForTheRecordMastering. And uh, yeah, if you liked what we said, which I don't know. Pretty much, if you like, if you like the helo, you like what Sam said. If you like another converter, you might like. What, or if you hate the helo, you like what I said. Um, yeah, drop us as we said in the beginning. Drop us a comment, some likes, some stars. Most importantly, share this with a friend. That would be great. <laughs> and uh, besides that, morning, afternoon, evening, whatever y'all are having, have a darn good one. We'll catch you in the ne- next episode. Am I cue music? Anything? Am I gonna cue the music? Well, I was asking if I was forgetting anything. Cue the music. I hadn't forgotten that. <laughs> Cue the music, Sam. Yeah, right. See y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.